Hi everyone, welcome back.、Um, this week's little sharing is just a follow-up on four-day work week. So if you haven't checked it out, perhaps go and listen first and come back later.、Um, yeah. So why am I doing a follow-up?、Um, I recently listened to the Not Overthinking podcast on a book discussion called the Four Hour Work Week. And you know, at first I was mistaken. I thought that they meant four day, but really, it's like a different concept: four hour work week. And therefore, I'm just going to briefly talk about it, and hopefully, you guys find it interesting. Yeah. So, four hour work week means that they want to escape this idea of working from nine to six, that kind of lifestyle. And they also advocate that you are able to、um, live anywhere, wherever you want, and have the income to support you and become the、um, so-called new rich. And yeah, therefore there is this idea of、um, new rich, and I'm going to contrast it with、um, a group of people called deferrers. So in the book, they had two concept. The first group of people is、um, deferrer, and the second group of people is the new rich. Yeah. So for deferrers, there are usually people、um, who want to work for themselves. They want to be the boss instead of the employee. Whereas the new rich, there are people who want to have others work for you, and rather than being a boss. So. They are people that trying to avoid work in the first place. They want to work as little as possible. And in the in the podcast, they uses this metaphor. Essentially, people who are the new rich, they are people who own the train, and they have people. They have their employees who、um, ensure. The operation of the train, and they have other people to do all the daily business operation, and they do not have to really involve in those、um, day-to-day business decision making, or they just have to、um, once in a while jump in and、um, make some important decisions, and they can go back to their life and enjoy it. Yeah, and、um, another contrast is that deferrers usually think that they have to retire early or retire young as their goal, which means that perhaps when we're trying to、um, decide on a career these days, some people may say that it's good to find a career that makes them earn a lot of money so that they can retire early and retire young. And enjoy their lives later. For example, in their mid forties or mid thirties, that's why we see a lot of people from invest investment banks,、um, law firms. They're trying to work so hard so that they have enough income to support themselves when they retire, and preferably retiring early. And for new rich.、Um, The book suggests another approach, 
which is called the recovery periods, which means that trying to have recovery periods, um, not as a concept of retirement, and they try to、uh, shape it into like a scattered recovery periods falling throughout their lifetime. So they don't really have a very concentrated period of time where they retire, but Instead, they have、um, small recovery periods every once in a while, and yeah, so they are able to work、um, and live throughout their lifetime. Yeah, so that's about it.、Um, I'd say I'm not really in the place to、um, explain thoroughly about the concept of the book because I haven't read it. And if you would like to read it, it's called "The Four Hour Workweek" by Tim Ferriss. Yeah, so perhaps after I finish the book, I can come back with another more detailed episode discussing,、um, analyzing the book. Yeah.、Um, but initially, after I listened to this podcast, I'd say、um, it's. A small reflection on the contrast between four-day and four-hour work week, and I guess the main difference is that four-hour work week is a concept that you are able to impose on yourself individually. It's easier to implement in the sense that you are able to decide for yourself. You don't need to wait for society to change or wait for corporate culture to、um, develop one day. Whereas for a four-day work week, to be honest, is not really up to the workers themselves. It's more like、um, for the government or for the employers, big corporates to decide. So it's more difficult to change, but I'd say four-day work week seems like more universal. As in, a lot of people are able to apply this because a lot of people, a lot of people are just workers. Whereas for our work week, I'd say it's a more revolutionary concept. Although it's being more common nowadays, but still, it's like a revolutionary concept and. It's just, I don't know. It takes a lot of more courage to, to do it. So, I guess these are both concept that wants to help people、um, gain a more happy lifestyle or work-life balance in general, rather than focusing on the、um, hard work and no fun culture. But yeah, I, I think they're fundamentally different concept, and it just happens that their, their name are quite similar. Yeah, but again, I think, um, I'll need more information to, give like a better an- analysis of this book, and this actually brings in nicely, to this week's topic where I'm going to talk about, reading. Because I think that I'm not really the type of person that reads a lot. However, I do enjoy listening to podcast, 
where people share、uh, about the books they read or interesting concept or knowledge. This make me think about why do I enjoy listening to podcasts, but not so much for reading. I guess this may also trace back a little bit to my school life as a primary student or secondary school student.、Um, during primary school or secondary school, I did not really properly read.、Um, in primary school, I think I read some. Young adult type of stories, whereas in secondary schools, I don't really have the time to do that, and perhaps it's just an excuse, or I'm not really that interested in reading at all. Yeah, but people usually say that, like, "Wow, your English is really good. Do you read a lot of English books?" And I was like, "Uh, not really. I guess I read, uh, some." If the school requires me to, but I don't do much, and yeah, I just I just listen to English music and watch TV dramas. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, so I don't really think that、um, I've properly engaged in the habit of reading. But part of me thinks that there should be something really. Valuable about reading. That's why people are so, so, so into this reading thing. I'd say I'm in the state of wanting to, want to read, but I don't really want to read right now. If that makes any sense. So it means that I want to enjoy reading, or I want to feel like reading, but I don't think I. Really enjoy it as a habit right now. I just want to develop this habit. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about reading partly to convince myself, at the same time to give it more thoughts on why people are so obsessed with reading. The first thing I'm th- gonna analyze or I'm gonna talk about is actually also from one of the podcasts I listened to. And in that podcast, it talks about the book "How to Read a Book" by Mortimer Adler. This is a book that teaches people how to read a book. That may sound a bit silly, but I do think that there is certain value to this book. It's sound. It sounded a bit arbitrary at first. It's like obviously you just open the book and read it. Like, is there any art to it? I don't see it. But、um, the more I listen to the content, I think there are certain certain merits or certain value to it. And in the book, they try to put reading into four categories, which is elementary, inspectional, analytical, and syntopical. So first, elementary. It usually just refer to books that we read as a children. So those large fonts,、um, story books.、Um, perhaps when you're trying to learn English, you'll read one of those. You don't really have to、um, think mu- think much about the the meaning 
you just read it and you will understand it. That's the kind of elementary level of reading. And secondly, the inspectional reading. Inspectional reading refers to、um, instances when you're reading like instructional menus or the news.、Um, in that in that sense, you have to search for the meaning. Or you're trying to look for meaning or knowledge, but it usually doesn't really require a lot of in-depth thinking, as in the sense that you just have to get some information out of the piece of reading, but you don't really want to have a lot of、um, intellectual engagement with it. And the third one is. Analytical reading. Analytical reading is the one that we use when we read a book or when we do maybe the readings in university. Those kind of academic journals, articles, sort of thing.、Um, perhaps we want to take notes when we read these kind of materials, and usually it involves us understanding the argument of the author. Yeah. Whereas for symptopical reading, it's the highest level of、um, reading. It means that we have to understand thoroughly about the author's stance or their ideas, and we also have to draw references from other、um, materials. So we are able to compare and contrast and develop. A further understanding or a further findings of、um, the topic, and this is usually how professors or scholars do their research. It's by some topical reading. Yeah, as I've mentioned, if we want to read a book in our daily lives, it probably would fall into the category of analytical reading. That's why、um, this how to read a book kind of gives us a good introduction or like a good sense of what or how our reading habit should be. So apart from that, I think I also come across this TED talk where a university student just share how they read, and yeah, he basically talk about this. The strategy or the method when he approach a book, and they he said that when we read a book, we usually start from the、um, cover page and the、um, back cover, and then we move on to the introduction and conclusion. So we get like a sense of what this book is about, and then we also jump into the summary of. Each section to have a more、uh, profound understanding, and after that, we probably have a good grasp of what this book is about, and we can just go into、um, the body or the each sections and just skim through all the lines quickly. And in this way, probably he said people are able to finish a book. Within a week, or even within a day. When I first hear this concept or this suggestion 
on how to read a book. I'm a bit skeptical because I think that it's a bit weird to to read it as if you're doing like a like an exam paper, like a reading reading comprehension paper. That's how we do it when we when we're sitting in the exam t- exam hall and trying to finish this short piece of article、uh, for the sake of answering all the questions in the exam paper. That's a bit weird, and I feel a bit uneasy. I thought that reading is supposed to be fun and supposed to we're supposed to enjoy it and to to. Um, immerse ourselves into the words, and to feel relaxed. And I'm just—I don't really buy into the concept at first, and that's why I want to give it a further thinking. And then I try to think about the perceptions I have on reading in the past, or the the starting point. I'd say is to treat it as. Like a novel, when I was a school kid, I see it as like some sort of entertainment, where I can read novels or fictions、um, word by word. But I guess now I'd say it's it's like more more for learning, because when I read, I don't really pick like a school novel, so I don't really have to enjoy it. That much, not and en- not enjoying it in the sense that it's like a, an entertainment, but more like I want to gain some knowledge out of it. And yeah, so perhaps that's a bit similar to like watching YouTube videos. Like to me, I don't really、uh, enjoy watching them in full, or don't really watch it as an entertainment. But I usually watch those videos as a form of、um, acquiring new knowledge. And yeah, so I guess the first step is to remove the concept or the traditional mindset that reading is just it's just、um, reading like fictions, novels. Um, children's storybooks, kind of thing. Perhaps reading is a bit different from these、um, elementary level or、um, children type of reading. The second thing, I guess, is I realize that、um, since social media is so prevalent, people are just interested in reading. Um, short passages or short sentences.、Uh, for example, we see that Instagram has promoted this culture.、Um, unlike Facebook, Instagram is does not allow us to post like more than a certain number of words, and usually it's not too long. So we're used to reading short、um, passages rather than long posts, and. I think this too long didn't read culture even、um, spread to videos, as we see that TikTok is now more 
more popular, and it's like a short version of YouTube because TikTok has even shorter clips.、Um, part of me thinks that. Or part of me wants to attribute that to efficiency because people want to get more values out of shorter time use. That may be true, as we see that a lot of podcasts, YouTube, or blogs don't really take up a long period of time, but they usually just provide the most important piece of information, perhaps the gist of a book, the summary. Of like a a debate, things like that. They don't really elaborate too much on those things, and I think it's perhaps a good phenomenon. Sometimes it allows you to get a lot of information in split seconds, and that's wonderful, isn't it? It also tempts people to not engage in long. Ele- well elaborated conversations anymore, because if I can get this piece of information within short period of time, why would I not do that? Why would I want to waste a lot my 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 hours and hours away reading some um some well elaborated um academic piece when I can just understand the whole discussion within a ten minute YouTube video? Yeah, and that's why I, I have to think about why why reading is inherently good. The first reason why we should still read a book is that people just get different lessons or takeaways out of reading a book. Like if you're listening to a YouTuber talk about his or her takeaway, probably some of them are able to resonate with you, but some are not. Because people have different life experiences, and we have different things we want to、um, get out of a book, and these YouTubers may able to help you、um, get some valuable lessons out of them. But sometimes they don't really suit you because they are the people who are reading the book, but not you, and different readers. May, um, may, uh, get a different understanding from it. So, if we want to get the most out of a book, probably it's best to read it ourselves rather than having others to explain to you. Another thing I think may be, may be, a benefit is that the longer. You read a book, the better you understand it. And I know that's like kind of weak, but probably it's a reason because、um, the longer we engage in a book, or the more information we come across, there may be certain parts that resonates with you and just stays in your mind.、Um, I'd say this as like an a first person experience because when I w- was reading、um, a book that has been introduced in the podcast, I think that I come across some、um, examples or some
parts that they have not mentioned. For example, it's usually like a like an example given by the author、um, involving his、um, first-hand experience, and somehow this sticks with me and stay in my head for a while, and I can still remember it. And this is like a good metaphor or like a good example to remind me the the greater principle he's talking about, and that's a good way to help me remember the content. So perhaps there is still certain value to、um, reading a book in full.、Um, and the third one I can. Think of is perhaps we can treat a book as a block, in the sense that you know how when internet is not a thing, when people only have the only way for for any wise people or for any people at all to share their thoughts is through a book, or I mean newspapers perhaps, but mainly through a book. So, if you want to publish something, if you want to share with the world your great discovery, what you can do is to write a book. Because you can't publish it on a blog, you can't have YouTube videos to explain them. What you can do is dedicate several years on this book and publish it, so that people can read and read it after you die. And so, perhaps it's just a very, very old school way of writing a blog, and that's why if we enjoy reading a blog or if we enjoy watching YouTube videos, it's just the same thing for a book. And perhaps we should give a book a chance to read, especially those.、Um, Books that are published even before the internet is a thing, because these people they cannot access the internet. They cannot have their information published online. So, books are their only way. And if you're not reading them, you're missing out those important piece of information because you're probably not able to find the author、um, writing a blog about it. So. There, there's the value. There's the, this is the value that、um, internet is not able to provide to you. That's about it for the benefits of reading a book. But I guess more fundamentally, what has to be changed is our attitude or our beliefs regarding reading. What I mean is that there may be some. Kind of misguided attitudes that we hold, which makes us unlikely or not really enjoy it when we read.、Um, one of which I can think of is that、um, perhaps when we are using the scheme reading method to approach a book. We may think that it's a waste of money because we're not able to、um, thoroughly understand each 
and every single word of the book. This is like a misguided concept because we don't really want to waste the time because time is money and if we are trying to waste extra time on things that are, we already understand then it's like wasting our time and it's like wasting more money so we don't really have to take each word for its value but we have to take the meaning for the value because it's the meaning what matters but not the words and if we if we're reading each each word by word and we're not able to get extra value then there's no use of reading it in full in the first place the book is here to give us its knowledge the meaning but not to make us read it word by word um the second thing i think that may be misguided is the idea of FOMO, fear of missing out. Essentially, it means that if we're reading so quickly, if we're scheme reading, we may miss out information that is important. That's what some people think. And there may be certain instances that's true, but I'm sure that most of the time that's not true because human beings are trained to read fast and our brain is capable of processing information subconsciously so even if we're not actively engaging with each word we're able to process them and we have to trust our brain for it because come on we've studied for 18 years of our lives and we're definitely able to process information subconsciously what do you think? Yeah, so I do think that it's just um, like a mental barrier to overcome. And the more we read, the more we're able to scheme read. So it's just like a training. The last misguided concept is like a false expectation. So we expect reading to be like entertainment we expect it to be like podcasts like youtube or movies or even tv shows we want to get the same entertainment value from them but that's i think that's like a false expectation because when we're reading it's an active thing whereas when we're watching TV shows it's a passive thing we're when we're listening to um, podcasts or when we're watching movies it's like we're passively um, we're passively getting information so the information just comes to us but we don't have to actively absorb them Whereas for reading, it's more active, it's more intellectual. We have to actively take in those information and process them. And it involves a higher level of intellectual stimulation. That's why it's not as relaxing. We don't, we shouldn't have the same expectation 
uh, for reading as we have for TV shows and movies because they're fundamentally different. We cannot treat reading as the same form of entertainment that we treat for podcasts or YouTube videos. Reading is just different. It's it can be interesting, but not entirely relaxing. It's more like peaceful, I'd say, because it helps you think, and not passively taking information. It helps your brain exercise. Yeah, I think that's a good metaphor. It's like when you're dancing or when you're swim swimming, you have to actively put in energy to do it, rather than having a massage because. When it's having a massage, you feel relaxed, but you don't really, you don't really have to put in any effort yourself. Finally, one of the mind blown discovery that I have, or like a comment made by the、uh, podcast that I listened, is that you should be happy that if you have one single takeaway after you read the book. I was pretty surprised to hear that because. What you expect me to buy like a ten dollar book and I only have one takeaway? That's ridiculous. It's like I don't really get the value out of it. But I think that that's certainly true after I really think about it. Because are you able to really buy like a extremely valuable lesson by paying like ten dollars? That's Impossible. We expect we're able to get a lot out of a book, but I think what we're getting is process of reading it. So we're able to、um, engage in some form of intellectual training when we read, and that's what we're getting the value out of it, rather than some、um, crazy life lessons that the author has to offer. So we don't really have to have the mindset that we're taking in every piece of line or every single sentence when we read. We don't have to、uh, be forced to highlight the whole book or actively finding things to jot down as a quote. Ultimately, we just have to take away one or two ideas, and that's enough. And I guess with these.、Um, More realistic attitudes or mindsets, we're able to get happier when we read, and we're able to enjoy a little bit more. I guess ultimately, if reading is able to be with us after these hundreds and thousands of years, it probably has its value. And and people say it's a good habit to develop in their life. So I guess it's worth a try. And worth finding out what's so special about reading.、Um, yeah, so hopefully it may encourage you to try pick up a book and see what you can get out of it. Yeah, I'll see you next time. Bye.